It's Monday. It's not. It's 2024. Hey. <laughs> hey. It is 2024. Uh, welcome to Monday Morning Macabre 2024 edition. Dude, 2020, where... 24 hours ago. I want to be sedated, Scones. I've Sheesh. never want to be sedated more in my life. Is this the sedated than year? right now? Oh man, it might be my sedated my sedated era. I think that's the I'm about to enter my sedated <laughs> era, dude. Yeah, no one's gonna be able to get through to me, baby. I'm gonna be emotionally unavailable in my Ramones T-shirt. Yeah, uh, I think if you're not a Johnny Ramone stan, uh, what are you? Who are you standing? What platform? Yeah, what do you even stand for? Who else now? is there to stand, dude? Stand for nothing, yeah. fall for everything. You know what I'm saying? Shh, dude. <laughs> Born to shit, forced to white, brother. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Um, Scones, how was your New Year's Eve? It was good. We had some friends. Over. First, you had a little first time having people to the to the new house. To the casa. Scone, scone, casa de los scones. Yeah, casa de scones, dude. I don't know. What if I what I said was accurate, but what you said sounded more accurate. Sure. Um, did you watch the ball drop? Uh, like at the very last second, we put it on. You made it, yeah. or else you would have been vaporized. Just made it. I think Jaws was on the TV <clears throat> before then, and then we just made it to. I don't remember if we did like the Nashville, like All American. Oh, one, that one's or awful. The, <laughs> that uh, one looked. I saw commercials for that, and I said to my wife. This looks like the worst way I can imagine spending New Year's Eve. It's and definitely like, not agree. for us, but and then, <sighs> definitely not for us. But to be fair, Times Square also looks like the worst way to be spending. <laughs> yeah, Christmas that's Eve. true, dude. Imagine when you're diapering, pooping yourself, just to it's obnoxious in a totally ugh. different way. Yep, I don't mean to hate on Dick Clark's Rock and New Year's Eve, but is he? I mean, uh, is it? Is it still Dick Clark's? Is it still branded with Dick? Oh Clark? yeah, so Ryan Seacrest took it over, but. Dick Clark's corpse. <clears throat> does he get is that really money? The one doing the talk. Yeah. Does the does the Clark? Uh, yeah, they, he's in the ball. Get... <laughs> when every he year died. it's a different body part that falls out of the ball. Yeah, they're like, let's and everyone clangs for it. Treat him like a Pokemon. <clears throat> Just get him in that ball. Ooh, drop it, drop it. Did you drop, drop it? it? I like remember Clark, dude. As a kid, watching Dick, one of Dick Clark's <clears throat> last times doing it, and it was really fucking sad. <laughs> He's like, I'm gonna be in that ball pretty he soon. Was like, yeah, he was. Like I don't know really what it sounds like, but <laughs> shaking and like had a lot of trouble. E, doing love it. you love that. And that's that's the best time. As a kid, I was I had no idea like the yeah you don't know like, of Dick. Clark. I have no context of this man, but he should not be here. So as a kid, I'm like, what is this, dude? This is like, uh, yeah, is this Father Time bringing I, in the New Year? I am so sad right now watching like. <laughs> A guy come to grips with his own mortality in a holiday yeah. that is celebrating the passage of time. It all got you gotta very dark. Um, How was yeah. yours, Darius? <laughs> <laughs> well, my daughter wanted to watch the ball drop, <gasps> but there's no way she's staying up till midnight. So we loaded up the 10 seconds from 2023 on YouTube and the 2023 ball drop uh, at 7.30 p.m. <laughs> New Year's Eve. Kids are so dumb. I know. And she was like, ah! She was going nuts. What? She was like, oh my God, the ball dropped. Now, wait, were you guys not going to let her stay up? Or like, there's no way she can physically. No, I'm not going to let her stay up till. I mean, probably both, but there's, she's not staying up till midnight. She's 
three. True. Like she's not gonna A, she'll she'll fall asleep beforehand. Definitely. And B, there's no way. Uh I think we made it till like eleven PM and then went to bed after watching Ooh, that's pretty uh, far. Meet the Fockers, I think is what we did on New Year's. Hell Eve. yeah. Married with children. Uh, um <laughs> Yeah, that's the that's the life of having two two toddlers. Is you're like, there's we're not gonna, or no, we were watching Muppet Treasures Island. Muppets Treasure oh, Island. I take it back. Way not better. Way way well, better. No, I like Meet the Fockers, but I love a good Muppets. Yeah, movie. Mu- Muppets Muppets. We've been watching Muppets movies a lot. We watched the Muppets Christmas uh care uh tale whatever. Dude, Christmas Muppets. Carol. Well, there's uh, Muppets Christmas, and then there's well, yeah, Muppets there's Christmas two. There's Carol. the one. No, the one the one with the uh. uh What's his face? Where Michael Caine gives an Oscar worthy yeah, performance, yeah. dude. Where everyone's like everything into that, it. <laughs> the tweet where it's like, "Hey, it's a fun Muppets movie. How how seriously are you gonna take it?" And he responds with, "Like a car crash, <laughs> serious as a god, <laughs> the whole serious thing." Serious god in car crash. There's uh, like so yeah, we rats that. and chickens singing at him, and he is like, yeah, full Scrooge, dude. Rizzo the rat, uh, a comedic icon, dude. He is that guy. The original. When he dives Riz, into the turkey dude. on on Treasure Island. Yeah. Oh. Him and Gonzo. Oh. Like I know, like uh, you know, Kermit's like the face of the franchise, yeah, but, but Gonzo and Rizzo are doing the heavy lifting. They're doing the heavy lifting. Uh, also, and there's that eagle who's like a in the military. Yeah, who's <laughs> yeah, he's always like a he's like Uncle Sam. Yeah, conservative military dad eagle or whatever his <laughs> name is. I like that guy. Yeah. Conservative military dad eagle. Uh, he keeps he keeps everybody in check. Yeah, he's like hum, bah, 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 bah. that's how he talks. I don't know how many. I mean, I know Miss Piggy, Snuffleupagus, the Doctor I mean, Teeth, got, and the Electric Man. Beaker. Oh, Beaker. Got, I mean, you can't forget Beaker and the Olive Dude. Doctor Hudson uh, Bunny. Di- no, sorry, Doctor yeah. Bunsen. He's Hudson a honey, honey dude, dude, not a Olive. Yeah, not an Olive. <laughs> Um and then uh uh uh, uh King Prawn. Oh, I love me some King Prawn. The Swedish He's chef in, and his chickens. Yeah. He anyway. Um Dude, the Muppets are sick. They are sick. So that's what we did on our New Year's. Uh Scones, I got some stuff to talk about. Yeah. For realsies in the domain of the macabre. <gasps> um our first episode of twenty twenty four. Our first episode of 2024? First episode of 2024. Guys. And on the first episode of 2024, we're going to be talking about the tragic story of the Terra Nova expedition to the South Pole. Yup. Bing bong. Fuck your life. Uh, <laughs> oh, Bob. <laughs> um, so strap in, ladies and gents, because it's January. It's cold outside. It's winter. I thought this was apropos. And uh, band, why don't you skiddly diddly do? All right, Sconey. Yep, you're. You're never gonna guess never where gonna I'm getting guess. my info on this tragic story. Um, Infowars.com. <laughs> yep. Wow. From the man himself. Sheesh. What if I like, dragged him into our call right now? <laughs> is he like totally bankrupt? Uh, 
I feel like it's one of those things where like they're like you owe a bajillion dollars and then somehow he's gonna get out while still being like a multimillionaire, but uh, I hope so. <laughs> but anyway, this is the tragic story of the Terra Nova expedition to the South Pole and the Antarctic explorers who died there by Marco Margaritov, edited by Maggie Donahue. Heck yeah. Give him a round of applause. Uh, this is all that's interesting.com, of course. Where else would we go for sources? Um, so. Oh, wait, the hold Terra on. Nova- oh, go ahead. Do we mention that we beat allegations? I don't know if we mentioned that. No, do also, we? Are we supposed if- to? Oh, oh, uh, I think we should just move on and never speak of it again. Well, listener. I will cut this. Haters came <laughs> for us with allegations. The homeboys beat them. That was it. Yeah. I'm just gonna. And we'll never talk about it again, anything. except when we're like really old in a documentary or a tell-all book. Yeah, a tell-all book. Tell-all. Um, so, the Terra Nova expedition is widely regarded as one of the most significant polar odysseys in history, and one of the most tragic. Ah, jeez. Because it, it wouldn't be on this show if it was just like a great, great yeah. head, great tailwinds, and uh, we made penguins. it half the time. <laughs> In 1910, a British crew set off aboard the SS Terra Nova to Antarctica. And Scones, what does Terra Nova mean? Uh, Earth Star. You're. I don't. Sounds right to me. <laughs> uh, for Captain Robert Falcon Scott, their objective Dude. was twofold. Okay. Robert Falcon Scott. Just, you're already just <laughs> the sickest names are coming out of yeah. this. Okay, so what year was this? This is 1910. Okay, 1910. They named a boat some sick sci-fi the ship, the Terra Nova. Yep. I'm pretty sure the guy you said is the eagle from Muppets Treasure Island. <laughs> yep, yep. He's the Robert Falcon uh, Scott. Robert Falcon Scott. It, it's Sweet dude. name. Yeah, this these people had way too cool of a name for shit to not really go wrong yeah so i mean this is a history book name it's just unfortunate that the way that they got there is tragedy yep uh also what is what was the value in 1910 of i get like now what that we can explore it safely but what was the value in 1910 of exploring antarctica well scones i'm about to tell you ah their objective was twofold. Oh my god! Their objective was twofold. <laughs> um, twofold, Jerry. To gather valuable, to gather valuable scientific data, and to be the first people to reach the South Pole. Ooh ah ooh. Wait, so okay. <laughs> so science and Bragging history, and, yeah, exactly. Man's ego, bro. Oh man. Um. Unfortunately for them, another expedition crew led by Norwegian explorer Roald, a- Roald Amundsen uh, would get their first. Get fucked, dude. <laughs> and the five Terra Nova crew members sent to the South Pole would tragically perish on the long trek back, including Scott himself. So they did, Scones. You you got them. <laughs> did Norwegians just getting to like the New World first, getting to Antarctica first, just like... Yeah, undefeated. Absolutely sneaking in there. Can't stop him. Uh, name one rolled that isn't have something under his belt that is legendary. 
I only know of Roald Dahl. <laughs> That's your exactly. and boy is Charlie the Chocolate Factory legendary. <laughs> And that's why today's episode is brought to be a waga. Um. Anyway, anyway, the but the mission wasn't a complete loss. Before the polar crew died, the Terra Nova expedition yielded hundreds of unprecedented discoveries that would forever change our understanding of the icy continent. Trip leader Robert Falcon Scott. Ugh. RFS was born Sheesh. on June sixth, eighteen sixty-eight, in Davenport, England. He was the third of six children and had seafaring in his blood. Now, Scott's grandfather and four uncles had all served in the British Royal Navy or Army. Scott was sent to Stubbington House School as a young boy to prepare for a naval career of his own. He passed his entrance exams and boarded the HMS Britannia in 1881 at the age of just 13. Which is like, imagine having your like fellow soldier just be like a fucking... The Zoomer. I'd be so bummed. Like, <laughs> I'd be like, if shit's going, yeah, right? if shit goes down, we're losing. <laughs> I'm like, okay, you got my back. I guess I don't know if that, this is like. Imagine being in a trench and it's just like a fucking. He's like, oh god, this, this battle is <laughs> bussing. She. Although oh, I think the, like that generation is probably in their 20s and we don't know. But what is the yeah, next one? But Gen Alpha. Oh yeah, is that is that the next? Yeah, one? my niece is turning thirteen next month, and I think she's. Oh, Gen okay. Alpha. So Gen Alpha, sorry, Gen Z, sorry you Zoomers, go back for real. Sorry, oh, Zoomers, God, we apologize. Oh God, <laughs> we didn't mean to get the Rizzler that hard. Uh, <laughs> I hope you guys. They're probably don't like mind. whatever. You guys still like, like the bad like Brian memes, and we're like, yo, guilty as charged. <laughs> yeah, you guys like we're firing your lasers or whatever. Uh, anyway. <clears throat> A shy but steady, courageous young man, Scott spent the next two decades risking or rising in the ranks on numerous Navy expeditions around the world. Did. <laughs> by 15, what? he was captain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> by 15, he was the naval, like, <laughs> leader in the South Pacific. Uh, from midshipman in 1883 to lieutenant in 1897. Scott was around 31 when he bumped into his former colleague, Clements Markham, the president of Britain's Royal Geographical Society. In the streets of London. Years earlier, Markham had noted Scott's intelligence and vigor for exploration, and he informed Scott of an impending expedition to Antarctica. Scott immediately applied to lead it. Ooh! I, I so would definitely go to Antarctica. If someone was like, hey, all expenses paid, and you'll get paid to go to Antarctica right now, I'd be like, fuck yeah, let's do it. You'd be like, sorry, Newhouse, bye. Then again, it's 2024, and I would, it's, <laughs> I have a lot more faith in expeditions nowadays. That's true. Yeah, I was gonna say you could. You have like, like hot, like warm. Uh, got what are they? Hot called? chicken. You got, you got hot pockets. But uh, in those days, it was just like, man, when I get on this wooden boat, I hope one person isn't sick because then we'll all die. Right. Then we all fucking die. Also, I hope like the that it's unknown. So I hope we just don't end up falling off the universe. Yeah, that's true as well. Well, no, eighteen. By then, they knew the probably... earth. No, they knew the earth was round. But I'm just saying, like. <laughs> They didn't, it's un, like, they had not explored this region. They don't know what the, it could be a dinosaur they there. They definitely were not ready for this shit, like. Yeah. Um, in June 1900, despite having no exploration or polar travel experience, Scott was appointed to the rank of commander and selected to lead the British National Antarctic, or Discovery, expedition. Scott proved his mettle. During the 1901 expedition to Antarctica, he achieved a new record for the farthest point reached south of the equator. 
and performed the most thorough exploration of the frozen continent, making major finds in biology, zoology, magnetism, and meteorology. So he was racking up dubs. Dude, big magnet guy. Big magnet, big ICP fan. Uh, upon his return to England in 1904, he was promoted to captain, but his mind was still on the Antarctic. He had nearly reached the South Pole during the British National Antarctic Expedition and was determined to try once more. What happened the so, other time? Uh, he got the farthest point, but he didn't get all the way. Uh. So he would get his chance in 1910 as the captain of the Terra Nova Expedition. The Terra Nova departed on June 15, 1910 from Cardiff with dozens of crew members appointed by Robert Falcon Scott. Chief among them were head scientist Edward Wilson and photographer Herbert Ponting. Photographer? Yeah, bro. Gotta get those photos, bro. Yeah, but isn't it... At this point, isn't it like the photos that like you have to sit there for like an hour and then like there's uh, a small yeah. explosion <laughs> for the flash? Yep. And oh. he's like, you gotta have these candids. <laughs> Being a photographer was wild back then. For sure. Imagine someone being like, hey, we're going to go on a boat, bring you a little doohickey, and we'll like pay you. And you're like, I guess I'll leave Hell for yeah. months and months because this is my job. Uh, the Terra Nova expedition's official objective was to gather scientific and geographical data. However, the real prize, at least as far as the British imagination was concerned, was in reaching the South Pole before any other nation. The competition was a fierce one. Ernest Shackleton had recently made it 97 miles from the South Pole during his 1907 to 1909 expedition, and Roel Amundsen, meanwhile, was departing within days of Scott on his own Antarctic expedition, spurring a race against time for the pole. Wait, so they wanted to be the first, but they already knew they'd lost? How does that work? No, they hadn't lost. I thought you just said Ernest Shackleton was already... No, he had. Ernest Shackleton had made it 97 miles from the South oh, Pole, okay, okay. but he had not reached the South Pole. My dear boy. Gotcha. And then the like Norwegians were just humble kings who didn't mention it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then Roald Amundsen was like, yo, keep it on the DL, but we're going to get cold too. It's like no big deal, but we are to <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So according to the Antarctic Heritage Trust, the Terra Nova's cargo included 162 carcasses of mutton and three carcasses of beef, cheese, and butter. I feel like, three wait, are you using the, the right word there? Yeah. A carcass of cheese? That's what it says. Okay. I I know. I don't know. Sheath, but that's what it says. Cheese shoved into a dead animal? Yeah. So they had three motor tractors and drums of petrol, two Siberian and 17 Manchurian ponies, 33 Siberian dogs, photo and medical supplies, as well as clothing, tools, sledging equipment, surveying instruments, coal, sleeping bag, tents, and huts. All on one boat? So they were, they were decked out, bro. Sheesh. Yeah, it's like Noah's Ark, but like... Dang, dude. A little smaller. It's like Disney Cruise Line. They had 33 Siberian friggin' dogs, bro. That's a lot of dogs. It's a lot of dogs. Um, in November 1910, according to a timeline from the Scott 100th Plymouth pro Program, the crew lost two ponies, one dog, one sledge, and some coal and petrol in a storm before the ship even reached Antarctica. Oh, no. Sucks for that pony, dude. Yeah. Like, it, it doesn't say what <laughs> happened, he... if they, like, died or if no. they were just, like, like blown away. They just, like, <laughs> sl yeah, they just slipped off the side and was like, wow! Um... Life at the Cape Evans Base Camp. The Terra Nova expedition arrived in January of 1911 at the Ross Ice Shelf, otherwise known as the Great Ice Barrier, south of New Zealand. 
The crew unloaded sled dogs, ponies, and motorized sledges, set up pre-constructed huts, and began their research. Honestly, I One know thing. this is based on this uh, the nature of this podcast. Things about are about to go south. Yep. Uh, no pun intended there, but honestly, like you missed out on World War One. That's pretty sick so far. <laughs> it's not like shit was that much better back home. True. Anyway, um. So, yeah, the Terra Nova expedition arrived in January 1911 at the Ross Shelf, otherwise known as the Great Ice Barrier, south of New Zealand. The crew unloaded all their shit <laughs> uh, and began their research. <laughs> uh, I'm not going to read through the list of things that they unloaded. Uh, once they established camp, the first officer, Victor Campbell, sailed east to King Edward VII land. On his way back, he found Amundsen's ship docked in the nearby Bay of Wales. After a brief greeting... Campbell rushed back to camp to inform Captain Scott that their competition had arrived. Determined to beat Amundsen to the South Pole, Scott orders his men to begin placing supply depots along the plant path in preparation for the journey. According to Mashable, six of the eight ponies sent on missions died in blizzards. Ugh. I mean, that, I Imagine, assume that's how, like, everyone dies, <laughs> is through blizzards. Right. Yeah, it's none of them were like, oh, a li- like shot in the head from a like <laughs> ripped apart cow. by penguins. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> imagine like getting all eight of those ponies together and being like, six of you are not gonna make it back here. <laughs> Only the but your mission, the tough. <laughs> <laughs> look to your left. Look to your pony right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> as the Antarctic winter began in April, the twenty-five crew members stationed on land were forced to hunker down in a fifty by twenty-five foot hut. They busied them, which is a fucking sweet hut. Yeah, that's a nice hut. That's a nice hut. <laughs> Bro, I'm paying 600 bucks a month just to get a freaking storage unit for my move coming Sheesh. up. And that's like not even close to 50 by 25. Dude, you should have got a hut. I should have got a hut. should have got an Antarctic pony hut. <laughs> Yo, an APH. During this time, Wilson managed to retrieve three emperor penguin eggs for future study. Hell yeah. Brave pretty sick braving temperatures as low as 77 degrees fahrenheit on the 60 mile trek to the to the rookery and then there's a picture of these eggs that you can find eggs. Uh, they look they look like eggs dude <laughs> i would never eat them but i bet penguin meat and penguin eggs taste amazing why why do you think that because they're just like it'd be like chicken and seafood mixed together it'd be delicious oh that's a great point the chicken of the sea, Ooh. you might say. That hasn't been taken by any large brand yet. Not that I know of. So let it Bring rip. Bring the allegations on. <laughs> <laughs> so the treacherous journey to the South Pole. Captain Robert Falcon Scott finalized his plans to reach the South Pole in the Arctic Spring. On October 29th, or October 24th, 1911, he set out across the Great Barrier with 16 men, motor sledges, dogs, and ponies. According to Scott's plan, different members of the group would turn back after reaching specific checkpoints, ultimately leaving five men to finish the final trek to the pole. That is a However, pretty the sled- good system. <clears throat> like, I yeah. feel like they planned it well. Yeah, I think the planning was good. Uh, the execution had some blunders. Uh, the sledges broke down just 50 miles into the journey. With only dogs and a few ponies at their disposal, the group reached the end of the Great Ice Barrier on December 4th. 
When they reached the final plateau before the poll on December 20th, Scott sent the dogs back to base camp. <clears throat> I feel like if I lost, like, my main source of, like, my main vehicles, like, 50 miles in, I'd be like, hey, I think we just, we, we just racked this one up to a, as a practice round. Let's head back, regroup, get more vehicles. It sounds like a euphemism. <clears throat> you sent the dogs back to base camp, if you know what I'm saying. That's... <laughs> True. Look at this guy. Uh, this guy. Let's just say, uh, <coughs> not all his dogs are say, present. Some are in the back of base camp. Some are back at base camp. Base camp. Uh, and the guy's like, "Okay, <laughs> so do you want the vasectomy?" I don't. So I'm really cold. <laughs> On January third, nineteen twelve, Scott selected four men to join him in the final push: Edward Wilson, Lawrence Oates, Lieutenant Henry Bowers, and Edgar Evans. The polar crew finally arrived at the South Pole on January seventh to find Amundsen's flag already planted there. The Norwegian explorer Dude. had beaten them by 34 days. That has to be one of the worst feelings <laughs> worst? in the entire world. Oh, my God. World. Imagine, dude. Be like, fuck. <laughs> like, just a five-minute-long screaming yeah. of the F word. <clears throat> um, yeah, so that's that's a, a huge bummer. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. So... Scott writes in his diary, the poll, yes, but under very different circumstances from what those, from those expected. Great God, this is an awful place and terrible enough for us to have labored to it without the reward of priority, which is like the classic old people way of speaking where it's all like fancy. Fancy. Yeah. Um, the, the interior of Antarctica has to be hell on earth. Like, <laughs> Yeah. So, defeated, the men turn around to make the nine, the deadly 900-mile journey back to base. We, it just sucks. Imagine being, like, freezing your ass off and be like, hey, we got another month and a half of just walking through this shit. That. After failing. That would be so. What is, what is 900 miles? What is that? I'm trying to think of, like, where in America to where in America is that? America? I, I don't know. Fucking. From Boston to friggin quincy can. let's see hold on <laughs> and I don't know that's what it feels like with that traffic yeah you when you get on the friggin uh 900 miles uh, this is a weird thing to have to google yeah how do you how do you how do you google this um oh here we go here's an image it's roughly from uh let me let me pull this bad boy make this bad boy bigger Roughly from Albuquerque uh, into the like Pacific Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> that does not help at all. <laughs> um, imagine going to like from Albuquerque to like San Juan, just to okay. like pick up a million dollar check, and then you get there, and then a Norwegian guy grabbed it first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So and you walk across the polar. You don't even have <laughs> yeah, dogs you fucking, anymore. You did. Yeah, you did. You say your dogs back home. Your do- dude, you know, the dogs were back at base camp, but his dogs must have been barking, baby. Shh, dude, he Shee- did not have that dog in him anymore. So the crew crossed the polar plateau without much trouble, but on February 17th, while making the difficult climb up Beardmore Glacier, Evans collapsed from severe frostbite and other injuries. Dude, that's so insult to injury, too. You're like... Hiking over yep. all these fucking places that were named after people who got there before you. <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> so this guy dies. He just he's like, all right, I'm out later, dude. Uh, he pieces. 
In early March, the remaining Polar crew members were relieved to reach one of their supply depots in the Great Ice Barrier, where a dog team was supposed to pick them up. It never did. <laughs> so, again, just bad luck. Dude, where are my dogs at? No dogs. Somebody let the dogs out. Sheesh. Sheesh. Meanwhile, Oates had developed such severe frostbite and gangrene that he couldn't hike more than a few miles a day. Gangrene sounds all, awful, he, dude. Yeah, I think frostbite and gangrene both sound awful. Maybe the frostbite uh, would at least l- make it so you can't feel the gangrene. True. It like counter. It's it's yeah. Do you remember the double g- negative, dude? Do you remember the gangrene gang from Powerpuff Girls? <laughs> it's just three guys with gangrene. I do, I do not remember this. Um. So, he lost the use of his hands by March 17th on his 32nd birthday. (laughs) Huzzah. Huzzah. Aware that he was slowing the team down, he died by suicide, telling the crew, I'm just going outside, I may be some time, before leaving their tent and walking into the elements, which is a pretty fucking badass way to go. That is sick. Like, it is so cool, (laughs) but also so dark. Like... That's one of those things that yeah, if it happened in a movie, I'm like, that's awesome. And then if it happened in real life, up. I'd be like, oh my God, that's horrible. Yeah. Um, so like he he knew he was just making everything go real slow and bad, and he just said, Fuck, I'm just gonna walk into the woods. Uh, which is wild, but that's how it did he, he fucking like wishes there was woods. There is nothing. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Um so Scott, Bowers, and Wilson forged ahead but got caught in a blizzard in late March, just 11 miles from a huge food and supply depot. They tragically perished while waiting it out. I'm surprised it's not just blizzard, like permanent All blizzard. the time, yeah. <laughs> You'd think it would just be like, they can't turn it off. Um, Every day we have been ready to start for our depot 11 miles away, but outside the door of the tent, it remains a scene of whirling drift, Scott wrote in his last diary entry on March 29th. I do not think we can hope for any better things now. We shall stick it out to the end, but we are getting weaker. Of course, and the end cannot be far. It seems a pity that I do not think, but I do not think I can write more. For God's sake, look after our people. Meanwhile, the surviving Terra Nova expedition members back at camp were routinely trekking to supply depots in hopes of finding Scott and his men, but without success. They eventually organized a full-fledged search party on October 29th, and within two weeks, they found the frozen bodies of Scott Wilson and Bowers and built a stone cairn over their corpses. Uh, the party reportedly continued searching for Oates, but only found his sleeping bag. That seems There's like... There's no record... Building graves at this point seems like it's... Yeah, they essentially just made, like, a big, like, mound of snow on top of their bodies. There's a lot of, well, I guess, honor there, but, like, dude... <laughs> yeah, but... You yeah, can't waste now. any energy out here, man. So, no, they never find his body. I imagine he probably would, like, there's probably animals involved and stuff. Um, I don't know, dude. I don't think there's much of anything. I think it's, like, literally ice. Just desolate, <laughs> like. Just snow and ice, and that well, is it. Well, what about the abominable snowman? Oh, that's true. He probably was like, oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God, what happened? Listen, <laughs> he's like, thank you so much, God. <laughs> it's like. Are you guys friends with that Norwegian guy that was here last month? Yo, <laughs> you that dude was sick. Him. Yo, best. Uh, uh, never mind. The legacy of the Terra Nova expedition. 
England was devastated by the loss of the Terra Nova crew members, but while they didn't succeed in becoming the first people to reach the South Pole, the Terra Nova expedition was far from fruitless. The expedition yielded priceless scientific finds, including an estimated 2,000 animal specimens, 400 of which have never been, had never been discovered before, according to the BBC. Hey, there you go. Got animals. That's a dub. But again, I think most Cheap. of those animals live... I could be wrong, but I think most of them yep. live like... Impossible. Within 10 miles of the coastline. <laughs> like, I don't think you had to go <laughs> deep into where it becomes... Well, let's... Nothing. For Falcon's got sake, pretend that he did. Uh, chief among these specimens were the three emperor penguin eggs Wilson had retrieved. Until that point, it was thought that these birds were descended from dinosaurs, a theory that an analysis of the embryos disproved. What's more, a fossil found near Scott's body of a plant named Glossopterus indica helped prove a contemporary theory that Antarctica had been once part of a supercontinent called Gondwanalan. Wait, they just found some like fossilized weed? Is that what you just said? Uh, it has indica, bro, Sheesh. so you know it's... Indica, brother, more like it. Sheesh! So, uh... Which had a climate warm enough to support tree growth, so they found out that, like, Antarctica was a big supercontinent boy. Sheesh! So, today, the Terranova expedition is largely remembered for its bleak and fatal conclusion. For its members, however, it meant much more. Before leaving Antarctica, the remaining Terra Nova crew members erected a large wooden cross at Ross Island inscribed with a quote from Alfred Lord Tennyson's Ulysses, to strive, to seek, to find, and not to yield. The end. Man. That is like, I think, the worst way to go. It's a bummer way to go. Put it all on the line. Realize you failed. (laughs) Right as you get to the finish line. Then the the homies never show up with the dogs to bring you home. Homies don't show up with the dogs. People are dying. And it's like, oh, but we got some eggs and fossils. (laughs) But these emperor penguin eggs. Sheesh. So yeah, it's it's uh it's tragic, but also, you know, they they got some stuff done. So name of science. Shout out to Robert Falcon Scott and his crew. RFS. You real ones. This is today's episodes of Real Ones. <laughs> this dedicated this episode to Real Ones everywhere. <laughs> to, to Real Ones uh, across the globe. Uh, these are a few of the Real John Ones. John Barenthal, if you want to use this episode <laughs> for your podcast, feel free, dude. It's just like him in a fucking like little shack thing. And like it's just the crew. Yeah. That this, it's my dog, Bam Bam. And this is the crew <laughs> of the Terra Nova. <laughs> Just four frozen like people and oh man, that'd be so really like fun. you froze to death. Like, tell me about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, tell me about that. Like, you know, on this show, I like to let people say their opinions and like, what was it like in the snow? And they're like, what? What it was cold? <laughs> it was fucking cold and it sucked. And um, then they got home so, yeah. just in time for yeah, the end of World War One. <laughs> <laughs> So that's uh that's today's episode, gang. Uh, if you like what you hear and give us a little thumbs up or oni or whatever. Yep. Uh, check out MM Macabre Pod on Twitter or on Instagram on Instagram. No, on Twitter, Monday Morning Macabre on Instagram, MondayMorningMacabre.com, uh, for all that good stuff. And um, and if you're going, if you're a Patreon yeah, member, you probably yes. saw the message. If you sent us your information, you will be receiving yes. a gift. Gift classic. As tradition in Monday Morning Macabre, you will get it It'll long get there after when Christmas. It gets there. 
not allowed to be shipped quickly. We plan for the rules. next year's Christmas on this show. Yeah, we figure if we ship it right, you'll get it on Christmas 2028. And you'll be like, hell yeah. Remember when hell those guys, yeah. before they were shot to the moon with that science crew? A robot will unwrap it for you. Yeah. Uh, so thank you all for listening. And I love you more than a uh, pony loves getting thrown out of a boat. Which is a lot. A lot. <laughs> Goodbye, Goodbye Hail Morbo. <laughs>